As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa, formerly of Cultivating the Lovely. And on this podcast, we focus on wellness, beauty, style, planning, and life. I feature both a fun mix of guests who I've invited, as well as some hopefully helpful and humorous solo shows centered on things I've learned in my own life. And that happens to be what is happening today. We're going to kind of hit it pretty hard on things that I did after I left my abusive marriage to receive healing and to really figure out who I was again and to press into that process. So I don't know how funny this episode will be, but I will be answering some questions that I have gotten over and over and over again and kind of walk you through the process that I went through to get to where I'm at now, which is, you know, I haven't arrived, but I've come quite a ways. And so I'm going to talk about kind of what it took to unpack 14 years of a verbally, spiritually, and emotionally abusive relationship. So I know that's a lot, but a lot of you have asked for it. So here you go. But before we get there, you guys, there's so much fun stuff going on in Patreon. And we would love to have you come, at least come check it out. Come to patreon.com slash livewellanyway and see what offerings we've got going on there. Because in addition to the live shows that I do every day that revolve around all kinds of different topics, Katie Deckett and I have also partnered together to do some really fun things. We have a new mini cast where we're challenging each other every month to do things kind of both within our own realms of stuff. So hers is more like family and home-centered and that sort of thing. And mine is like stepping up her skincare and that kind of thing. In fact, that was the episode that we released this week in which I challenge her and I walk her through step-by-step from having basically no skincare routine whatsoever to what she can do to start getting into one and then be able to build on that over time. So we're having a ton of fun. Plus we have this Marco Polo behind the scenes group for Eliza level members. You guys, it's a hoot. Katie and I talk to each other as though no one else is watching. It's like our very own reality TV show. And the ladies who are in there are digging it. They are hilarious. They are eating it up. And we would love to have you come over and be a part of all of the crazy that we've got going on over there as well. So like I said, check it out at patreon.com slash livewellanyway. We would love to have you come be a part of the community and just get all the extra fun content that we've got going on over there. Also, if you want another way to join in community with other ladies who are trying to live well anyway, then you should come and subscribe to my newsletter, Well Anyway. 
You can go to mackenziecoppa.substack.com and that's where you can subscribe. You'll get a free Trello board to help you start planning out your week every week. And I release this newsletter every Friday unless, you know, it's the first week of virtual schooling and you have a puppy. But in the future, I will be releasing it every Friday and it's just got fun and interesting things for my week along with favorite things that I saw around the web and on Instagram. And then the fun thing is, is you can come over to Substack and actually join in the conversation. Everybody gets to have their own little thread like it's almost like on Facebook, except for it's not crazy. And so that's super fun to be able to join in with everybody there and talk and have lots more conversation and continue to grow the community. And one last thing before I get started with this episode, and you guys, this is so silly that I'm making this a side note because it's actually kind of a big deal. I don't know. I feel like it is. I am revamping my YouTube channel, you guys, and my first episode is out. It's a trailer about why I'm even on YouTube and what I'm going to be doing with my channel. I'll be releasing other videos soon. I should have a brand new one out tomorrow, all about the things that I am drinking right now to stay healthy and stay on my game and just to be feeling well in general. So you can head over to youtube.com slash Mackenzie Coppa to be able to subscribe to my YouTube channel and I would really love it if you did. It would super help me out to get those numbers boosted. Tell your friends and let's make this a big deal. Make sure you're following on Instagram as well at Mackenzie Kappa. I know so many things, right? We've got Patreon. We've got the newsletter. We've got YouTube and Instagram, but I really like connecting with you guys and I'm trying to deliver content to all of you in a lot of unique and fun ways that you can utilize in your life. Okay. That was a really long intro, but we are now going to dive into what I did to heal and move forward after living in an abusive life for 14 years. You guys, that's a long time. That was my entire adult life up to that point. That's pretty intense to have to come out of. You know, by the time I got my townhome here that I'm living in now, I had never lived alone in all my life. And I have my kids, but I also have a lot of times when I am just on my own. Just that in and of itself was a brand new thing that I was having to conquer. But that was, you know, a ways down the road. From the jump is kind of where I am going to back us up to and talk about what I did along the way to be getting healing. Because abuse, no matter what kind it is, leaves scars. And the ones that are mental and emotional and spiritual, I think sometimes can go even deeper than the ones that are physical. It takes a lot to unwind that and to even realize how bad it was. It takes living a somewhat normal life again for a while until you're able to fully see, oh my word, I didn't even realize like the level of crazy I was living in. And that was certainly the case for me. I knew it was bad, but I didn't know how bad until I was able to start leading a normal life again. And so right off the get-go, when I moved in with my parents, with my four kids, and we were living in a townhome, and it was, you know, super intense, 
I immediately started looking for things that I knew were going to help me personally be able to get healing through this process. Because of course there was the divorce and the lawyers and all of those things that needed to be assessed and how the kids were going to be educated and and all of that that needed to be worked out. But I knew there was some serious healing that I needed to be able to do in order to walk through all those things, in order to make all those decisions. It was a point in my life where I had to really decide that I was going to reassess every single piece of my life. And when I mean reassess every single piece, I mean down to what my favorite color was, what I felt about my faith as a whole and in specific parts. I really had to kind of dismantle that and see what I thought about how the church dealt with issues. And and that's a continual thing. I think a lot of these things are continual things. And I haven't, don't worry, I haven't walked away from the faith. <laughs> but it did take some serious unraveling to figure out how I was able to see things and A lot of how I had felt like the church had kind of kept me trapped in a situation for a long time that was not healthy and was dangerous. And so there was a lot that had to be processed and worked through with that. But okay, right in the beginning, one of the very first things I did was seek out counseling. Now, I think that this is essential because a lot of people, if you've lived in a stressful situation for more than 180 days, that is one of the main markers of having PTSD. And I certainly did have PTSD when I walked away from my marriage. And so I sought counseling. And I did this in a very specific way from the beginning. I did not specifically seek out a faith-based counselor. Now, that's not to say that there are not amazing faith-based counselors out there who can deal with the issues of abuse, but I do think it is harder to find. And since then, I actually have seen faith-based counselors who do have experience with abuse, and that has been incredibly helpful as well. But I chose in the beginning to go the route of someone who was very, very familiar. Their whole focus was on healing from domestic abuse. And I did that through the YWCA. They were a fantastic resource. I absolutely loved my counselor. I still keep in touch with her and still go back to see her and have checkups every once in a while to say like, okay, this is how I'm feeling or things have changed or, you know, I I just kind of need to get in here and talk through some things for a while. It was such a great process for me because there was so much to unpack and so much that I had blocked out over the years. I still don't have a lot of memories from that time. A lot of things until someone else brings it up or a particular trigger happens. I don't have any recollection of. And so it was really important for me to get in there and speak with someone who had a ton of experience with women who had been through similar things as I had. And in that process, I went through EMDR therapy. And it is basically this therapy where you either use lights or you use buzzers in your hands. That was what I used to help your brain kind of stimulate both sides as you're processing through emotions and events that have occurred in your life. So you hold the buzzers in your hands and it goes back and forth from one buzzer to the other. And that helps to stimulate both sides of your brain, which helps to kind of unlock that stuff that's been bottled up and filed in a negative way and refile all of those experiences that you've had into appropriate places. And it helps your brain to make sense of them better and to take away some of the supercharged reaction that you have to those things. Now, I don't think that it ever completely goes away having PTSD. I still definitely have triggers and 
it's pretty crazy when you have that happen even now three years later. We are right at that point just in a couple of weeks. It will be three years since I left. And I still occasionally will have very specific things that automatically set my heart racing and I start sweating and having rapid breathing and all that sort of thing. And I can be even sitting there witnessing it saying, oh my word, I am having a panic attack over one of these triggers and there's not a whole lot that I can do about it. It is an involuntary response that my body has when one of these triggers happens. But just knowing that's what it is and knowing that I have the tools to come back down off of it and be able to work through it. And I've put myself in a more healthy place to be able to move forward after a panic attack happens. That is where the win is. It doesn't necessarily eliminate the triggers, but it does help to give you the tools to work through them. So that was a major thing for me was going through the counseling. I saw her multiple times a week in the beginning and then every week and then every other week until it tapered off. And she was like, you're doing pretty well. I don't know that you really need to be here anymore. I was like, are you sure? Because I still feel like I need to be here. And she was like, okay, well, you can keep coming, but I don't think you need to be here. And then she let me taper off and like I said, come back when I needed to. And I have seen other counselors as well and seen counselors with my kids. And those have also been very, very helpful things. Probably the number one thing that helped me to process things and start seeing myself for who I was again. That was really, really important because you kind of lose yourself when you're in an abusive relationship. You stop having a lot of your own thoughts because you have to align your thoughts with your abuser. It's a survival technique. And so you kind of get lost in that shuffle. I took on a lot of what was expected of me. And even things like the style that I had for my clothes or my house were largely shaped to try to be what someone else wanted me to be. Ladies, we all have them those days when we just don't feel comfortable in our clothes. Sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years, but we have those times where we just don't feel like our clothes are laying on our body exactly the way we want to. I know there are specific times of the month where I'm just like, oh, this is showing everything I don't want to be showing or emphasizing. And for those days, I wear shapewear from shapermint.com. Shapewear from Shapermint smooths you out. It feels comfortable and it helps boost my confidence because when I feel confident, I feel empowered. I talk about this on the show all the time. I even talk about it in this episode. When I have myself pulled together, then I'm able to face the day and be more productive and feel good about myself when I'm walking out into public. I feel able to take on the world when I'm confident in the way that I'm dressed. And I can easily find the perfect shapewear for my body because shapermint.com has all the best products and brands. They have tanks, shorts, bodysuits, and more. Shapewear for every occasion. Shapewear from Shapermint gives me a polished look and long-lasting comfort no matter what I'm wearing. I really love throwing on their Impetua high-waisted boy shorts because I can wear them under shirts and pants where it's just going to make everything look right. I don't have anything rolling out anywhere. It just helps things to stay nice. Or I really love wearing them under skirts or dresses because I just feel like I'm smooth. Nobody's going to be noticing the things that they don't need to be noticing. They're just going to notice the good stuff. And that helps me feel better and more confident. And unlike the leading brands, Shapewear from Shapermint is super affordable. In fact, it's half the price. 
price. I couldn't believe when I looked at their prices because last year I had to invest in some shapewear for a specific dress that I was wearing and I was stunned by how expensive it is. And so when I saw Shapermint's prices, I was like, hallelujah, we need shapewear we can actually afford. And if you aren't in love with your shapewear purchase, you can exchange it or return it within 60 days, no questions asked. That's the Shapermint 100% confidence guarantee. And ladies, in addition to the everyday discounts and promos Shapermint has on their website, which are amazing, I have a deal just for my listeners that will save you an extra 10% on your order. But you must go to shapermint.com slash live well and use my code live well. That's S-H-A-P-E-R-M-I-N-T dot com slash live well code live well to get my exclusive listener added discount of an extra 10% on your order. Shapermint.com slash live well code live well. And so I had to drop all those things away and start figuring out what I actually liked, which was the next kind of step in that process, in that reevaluation. So I went to counseling and then I started really dismantling what I liked and what I didn't like. And that involved getting rid of a lot of clothes. At this point, three years later, I have completely overhauled my entire wardrobe. There's not a single thing I own that I owned back then. And that didn't happen all at once. It was a piecing together as I would continuously let things go and bring in new pieces and find great sales and have a mom who really wanted to restyle me and help me to figure out who I was again. And I think that's really important too, is having family members who remember who you were, friends who remember who you were, and good friends that maybe didn't even know you beforehand, but they can see those inner places in you. And they're along for that journey with you, and they want to help you figure out who you are again and to remember who you are. I know that was really powerful for me when I got together. It was about two years, almost two years into the process. I got together with an old friend from high school who I hadn't seen since high school. And as I was explaining some things about my life, they said, but that's not who you are. You're not a country girl. You wouldn't live like that. That's not who you are. Like we knew that just from being in high school with you, that that wasn't who you were. And having someone see me again for who I had been all my life up to the point that I got married was so helpful for me to start figuring that out again and saying, oh, right, no, at the core of myself, I am not a country girl as much as I tried to be one. I will never be, you know, a horse showman. That is not who I am. I am a city girl and I'm okay with that. And to start being okay with those parts of myself, it took a long time, which is another thing that I really want to mention, is it takes time. And that is like, the dirtiest word when you're first coming out of a relationship. You don't want it to take time. You want it to just happen. You want the healing to happen. You want life to move forward and move on. And it doesn't happen like that. And having to live in that balance of waiting, waiting for you to figure things out, waiting for new things to come, waiting for things to have closure. It is an incredibly painful, frustrating process, and you have to learn to enjoy your life in the waiting. And so that was a lot of also what started being a healing process for me. 
is that I kind of agreed with myself that I was going to get up and I was going to get ready pretty much every day. I was going to put on my clothes and do my makeup and feel like that person that I once knew, that person that had always been there and try to recapture her because this was my opportunity to move forward and have the life that I wanted and be the person that I wanted to be. And so taking little steps, just like putting on the clothes that I liked and putting on my makeup helped me to feel like myself. And helped me to then be able to go into the day and move forward and still continue to parcel through all of this junk that I was having to work through. So I went to counseling. I decided with myself that I had to reevaluate everything in my life. And I made the agreement with myself to do those little things that captured who I was every single day. Those getting ready kinds of things to help me to feel like me, even when I was sleeping on my parents' living room floor and having to shower in their bathroom and all of that, I was going to do those little things to make sure I felt like myself in the process. A few other really practical things that I did where I got pretty consistent acupuncture for quite a while, which was also sort of like a, you know, talk therapy session in and of itself because I had a great doctor who was doing it and we would just kind of catch up on the past two weeks. I went every two weeks for quite a while and she would be able to assess my health in that way because when I left, I did have a lot of health issues that cropped up from the stress. The amount of cortisol that is pumping through your system and had been, honestly, for 14 years, but then in that very acute stressful time did damage to my body. I was facing a lot of pretty serious health issues after I left and for about the first year. And so going into the acupuncturist, having her kind of like keep on top of what was happening with my health and giving me recommendations for supplements and things that I needed to be doing to take care of my actual physical body during that much stress was seriously important. Another thing that I did to help reduce the effects of that stress was yoga therapy. I met with a yoga therapy teacher who was trained and specialized in that, and we did a six week program where she would meet with me and teach me different moves and relaxation techniques and things to actually help me with my cortisol level. And one of the things that she taught me was to use rice bags. Now, I know this sounds silly and crazy, but our adrenals are located right on top of our kidneys, kind of in your mid to lower back. And that is where you produce the cortisol in your system, and it's kind of how your body regulates your stress. And so she taught me to get a large rice bag and place it across my back to help kind of give weight and place pressure on those adrenal glands and help them to kind of have a calming sense on my system. And to this day, most of the time, I still sleep with a rice pack like around my middle. It's just a very calming, it's almost like having a weighted blanket. It was just another physical thing that I could do to help calm the situation, physically take charge of the stress that was happening on my body. And doing those yoga techniques that she taught me and helping me actually literally work through a lot of those things and the physical reactions that would happen to my body, we would talk about what happens to your body when this trigger happens. And I would explain, well, 
I feel like a buzzing sensation. I carry it all in my chest. My chest gets really tight. My heart starts racing. I start sweating. And and then we would kind of go from there and she would teach me things that I could do to help redirect that energy. And that sounds crazy. I know. Don't don't get all wild on me here. Just just believe me, there are ways that we can help to calm our bodies and redirect things so that we can handle stress better. And that was a really big deal for me to do. And as I mentioned, supplements were also a big part of my journey to wellness. They still are a big part of my life today. I had certain things that were specifically given to me or recommended to me for the specific health issues that I was facing during that time, but there were also things that I started taking to just help deal with my stress levels and to help me to be calmer in general. It was during that time that I took the care of quiz for my own personal supplements that they were going to customize to me. You can go to takecareof.com and use the code lovely to be able to get 50% off your first order. By the way, just like a side note, they're not sponsoring this episode, but I do still use them on a daily basis. I love care of and I think that they do a really good job with making recommendations to what you're facing in your life. And they gave me a lot of things for stress, specifically ashwagandha and reishi. I also get their quick sticks that are called chill factor and they have GABA in them. And those have been perfect for when I'm facing those acute stressful times where things are just a lot harder than they normally would be. I used them during my entire trial. They were really helpful that week. I was taking two a day. Every time I would take a bathroom break, I would just go and sip down another one of those. They're a powder actually, so don't inhale, (laughs) but they're really great for helping me to just kind of calm my system. If things get really stressful with the kids or I'm facing another court issue or any of that sort of thing, that is always what I turn to. I love those chill factor sticks. They've made a really big difference to my life. I'm always like, oh no, when I run out of them because I really like being able to have that to just turn to for a really quick hit of calm. I also got into the habit back then of drinking a chamomile tea before bed, just anything that I could do to try to calm my system down, calm my brain down. And I also, for about the last year, have been using a supplement called Alka Calm. And it's a powder that you just put into a little bit of water. I drink it every night before bed. And it's got magnesium, potassium, vitamin C, all kinds of things that are helpful for your body to be able to deal with stress and to calm down. And I feel like that has been such a game changer. I notice if I don't take it at night, it really helps me to not have jumpy legs, helps me to calm my mind. It's just a really nice, easy way for me to be able to get those supplements into my system without having to add in a whole bunch of other stuff. And I take it every night before bed. Of course, we will have all of these things linked in the show notes so you can find them really easily. I also am going to be having a board on Amazon or a list, I guess is what it's called, where I link to a lot of these different things that I use and I did use, but I still use now to just help with my health and my wellness. And while we're talking about the supplements and the things that I did to kind of help calm my system, I also want to mention that one of the other decisions that I made for myself was that I was going to really focus on my health and wellness. I had neglected those things for a really long time. I had been told in my marriage that if I needed a break or I wanted a break, then I was a bad mom. And that if I was taking care of myself, then that meant that I wasn't taking care of my kids. And 
that is just not true. And I have become a so much better mom to my kids when I am taking care of myself and I'm able to better take care of them because I'm not just completely depleted and I'm healthier and I'm able to stay more calm in general because I'm doing the things to take care of my own health and wellness, literal health and wellness. And so one of those things was I started doing yoga and getting more movement, taking more walks, all of those kinds of things to be more on top of my physical health. I really notice when I let those things go and then when I pick them back up again, it's like, oh yeah, this is such a good release for me to be able to be moving my body and getting things working through my system. Ladies, there couldn't be a better sponsor for this episode than Better Help. Because what have I been talking about all hour long? I've been talking about the fact that if you are recovering from abuse or even if you are just in the midst of 2020 and you need help with your mental health, because I kind of think that we all do, then you can go to Better Help because they are going to help you to be able to get back on the right track, find that happiness again, get the healing that you need to be able to move forward, achieve your goals, and get past the crazy of 2020. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online, which is really helpful when you're juggling kids and working from home and a puppy and, you you know, it's really helpful when they can just do it online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the services available and the services available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with a mask on and all the rest. You can just do it right from home. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches as well, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can even visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. People who are so thrilled with the experience they have had and the help they have gotten from BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash LiveWell. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. It's time that we take this serious, ladies, and we get the help that we need. And there are so many people who have been using BetterHelp, they are actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And my listeners can get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash livewell. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash livewell for 10% off your first month. Take charge of your mental health today. You won't regret it. Ladies, have you seen my pretty new website? Because it's so pretty and it was so easy to make. You guys, I am so grateful for Go Live HQ. That is the website that I use to get a template for Squarespace to be able to really easily totally revamp my online presence. I am so grateful for them because they put their stuff together in a way that dummies like me can get online and walk step-by-step step through the video course that they provide and be able to create a beautiful website 
in less than two weeks. I had my website completely done. I'm able to really easily add things and take things away as my site continues to evolve. I absolutely love it. They gave me so many great ideas for what I could do with the site and really customize it to me. It's exactly what I was looking for. It's sleek, it's simple, it's beautiful, it's easy to navigate. I just love this company and they're super affordable. Normally, when I have looked at templates for websites in the past or help for revamping my online presence, it's been in the multiple hundreds, like high hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars. You guys, their templates are only $2.99 and they give you the entire video course for how to use everything and get your site done. I was so impressed. I still am impressed. I am just so grateful that this has simplified my online presence so much. And even the mobile experience with the website is so pretty, you guys. If you haven't gone to it yet, you've got to go and and look at it. MackenzieCoppa.com. And while you're there, click on my sponsors and affiliates page and go down to Go Live HQ. You can get 10% off on their website and any of their templates with the code lovely at checkout. So again, go to Go Live HQ, see all the different beautiful templates they have and enter the code lovely at checkout to get 10% off. You won't regret it. They're so customizable. They've got great customer service and they are going to hold your hand every step of the way so you can have your very own beautiful online presence. That's golivehq.co and use the code lovely at checkout. Eating can be very difficult for me when I'm in a highly stressful situation. I just simply forget to eat. And so putting certain things into place so that I make sure that I'm eating every day and eating consistently throughout the day so I don't start getting shaky, you know, having protein bars around. I really like kind bars. I'm kind of picky. And so those ones are really good for me because they're palatable to me. It's actually the care of plant-based protein shake that I drink every morning. I found the coffee that I really like and is helpful to me. And I always put protein powder in it, collagen. And again, all of these things that I drink every day will actually be in a YouTube video that is coming out tomorrow. So you can go find all of those things there. But I really decided that I needed to be on top of that and it needed to be a priority. I needed to not neglect my health so that it would end up leading to bigger health issues down the line. I needed to be on top of it so that I could be the best mom for my kids and so that I could be a whole person again. I just think that that is really important and I believe that God cares about us, that he wants us to be taking care of ourselves. He says, love others as you love yourself. But if you're not loving yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, there's no way that you can love the other people in your life. And he wants you to be healthy for them. He gave you this body for you to take care of and to be healthy. And so I think that that is really important. The yoga that I started going to, I started going to classes with my parents, which was a lot of fun. And just having that to look forward to, even if it was only every other week or one evening a week, just finding different ways to be able to be incorporating it more into my life. Now I do a lot of home videos on YouTube and that sort of thing, and it just makes a really big difference to my overall well-being when I'm being intentional about my health and my wellness and my physical activity. Now I want to come back to that faith piece for just a minute. That was definitely a big thing that I was having to work through because Largely within the church, the person who walks away is the person that gets blamed for the demise of the marriage. And 
that is often looked at as the most sinful, horrible thing that could happen, and you must not be a Christian anymore if you walk away from a marriage. Sadly, that is what happens, and the church often does not look for, well, what caused the walking away? Who caused the walking away? And there are times when legitimately someone has caused that. It's not always a two-way street. Yes, there is always the factor of both people partaking in a marriage and there being difficulties, but when abuse is present, that is a different thing. And there is a reason for a person to walk away, and that's the core of what should be looked at. And that was a very difficult thing for me, that on the whole, not I'm not speaking about specific churches. Well, I could, but I'm not speaking about specific churches. I'm just saying in general, I think the church does a bad job of dealing with that. And so it was a very hard for me to find resources that were helpful in that way. And I so wanted to be able to talk to someone of faith who could say, you are okay. God still loves you. He doesn't hate what you've done. And I spoke to a lot of pastors, and they were very gracious, the ones that I talked to. But what I really ended up finding out is the thing that was going to have the most impact on me, the thing that was going to give me the most freedom to feel like God didn't hate me for doing this. In fact, he was supportive of what I did, was when I talked to people who knew my actual story, who I also respected in the faith. Those were the people who were able to bring Jesus back to me or bring me back to Jesus time and time again because they knew what I had been through. And this went everywhere from friends to authors to people who I really, truly respected their perspective on faith. And when they were able to say to me, Mackenzie, I have seen this happening to you for so long and I've wanted you to have freedom and wholeness and God wants that for you too. It was so helpful for me to start stepping back into feeling like I could trust God again because that was very hard. It's very hard to hope when you are in the midst of such a hopeless life and that's truly what I had felt like I was in. I had felt like I made a dumb decision when I was 19 and I was serving a life sentence for that decision that I made. And being able to step away from that and have all the freedom to build a new life again, but still having that crippling inner like, but does God hate me? And then to have people who I truly respected say no. In fact, he loves you so much that he didn't want to see you or your children living in that way anymore. And he still wants you to be just as close to him as ever was so, so healing for me and so helpful. And so if you are in that position where you are just, you're just wanting some validation, you're wanting someone to say it's okay. I think that even differently than looking to some random pastor or some random book, I think it's really helpful to have people who are actually familiar with your story and who you respect in the faith to be able to talk to you about that. I think that that's a really helpful thing. And in talking to them, it also helped me to start realizing that I needed to reassess what I even believed was a good mom and a good Christian and a good wife because I had had so many things put on me, an impossible list of things to try to be that I'd failed at over and over and over again for all these years and been told what a failure I was at all of these things for all of these years. 
I had to really take a step back and decide, well, what do I think is a good wife and a good mom and a good Christian? Not that I was a wife anymore, but I hope to be again someday. And I had to look at those things and realize that I could let a lot of those legalities that had been placed on me go. I could completely reframe my mind about what I thought that looked like. I didn't have to think that sending my kids to public school was evil anymore. I didn't have to think that I had to be the one to do every single thing in my home serving my family or else I was a bad mom and a bad wife. It's okay for me to get help with things. It's okay for me to use a service to do my grocery shopping if I need to or someone to come in and help me clean my house or whatever it is it may be. That doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me less of a mom. It doesn't make me less of a wife when I become one again. It just means that I am being smart about using my resources and getting help I need with the things that I either struggle with or I don't have time for so I can focus on the things that I do excel at. Even with the decision to put my kids back into school again, it helped my relationship with them because they were no longer responsible to me for their work. They were responsible to someone else and I could come alongside them as a coach instead of as their mom and their teacher. And I was able to use the time that I had with them more wisely and in a more loving way because I wasn't always balancing those two different roles in my life with my kids. And learning also that I'm a grown woman and I can make my own decisions and that's okay too. I don't have to agree with other things that other people are putting on me. Even if I were to be in a relationship with someone again, I don't automatically have to take on every thought and opinion that they have. I can have my own thoughts about things and realizing that, realizing that you don't just have to do every single thing that your parents tell you to do or that your spouse tells you to do, that you can think through those things and have your own mind about them is also a really important and empowering thing to experience and go through, but it takes a while to get to that place where you really feel like you have the freedom to do that and it's okay. Another thing that really helped me in assessing and remembering who I was again was figuring out my Enneagram number. A good friend of mine had said early on when I left, like, don't do it yet. Give it a little bit of time. Go through some healing before you start to figure this out because you don't even remember who you are. And so you're not going to be able to have a clear picture of what your number is. And that was very true because when I was in my marriage, I actually thought I was a totally different number than I am. But once I took about a year out, I was really able to pinpoint what that number was and grow and learn so much from it. It was truly a recapturing of myself and living in a situation where we were in very close proximity with close family members like my parents and my grandmother. It was really helpful to be able to see their numbers and use those things in communication as we were living together because it's very different to come back and live with your parents when you're in your 30s and you have four kids and you're trying to parent and they're kind of trying to parent and it was a very complex 
complex thing. And so being able to look at all of our Enneagram numbers and see people's reactions to things or the way they were saying things and be able to sit back and say, okay, but they are coming from this totally different perspective than I am. So I don't have to take this as personally. This is just how they deal with things was so helpful. It still is helpful to this day to be able to have that Enneagram resource to not only communicate with them, but to be able to figure out my own stuff and know my own stuff for sure. Ladies, we are now in the thick of it with the school year. Even if you're virtual schooling and you're at home like we are, one of the number one things that is helping me to maintain my sanity right now while I have way too much on my plate is plan to eat. They are keeping the literal food on my plate organized and they help me to figure out what I'm having, when I'm having it, and create that shopping list, you guys. It is my favorite resource for meal planning and it is essential to keeping my sanity and I think it will be for you too if you give it a try. Plan to Eat is basically a meal planning software. They also have an amazing app that you can do all of the things in and you load in your very own recipes, the ones that your family knows and loves and fit all of your dietary preferences and all of that. They've got a super easy clipping tool to be able to just grab your recipes right off the internet if they're on the internet. It's so simple. They've thought of everything and then once you get them in there, you just drag and drop them onto your menu planner. They make it so simple and then you can even save those menus. So once you've figured out what a good menu is for your week and all the stuff that you've got going on in your life with different activities, then you can save that as a menu and repeat it next month, the month after. You can even create an entire month's worth of meals that you want to make into a menu and repeat it over and over and over again so you can take the work out of thinking about how to plan your meals. And you're also never going to forget your shopping list because it'll be right on your app and you will have access to all of the ingredients that you need for each of those meals that you've planned. This has been a lifesaver for me because I'm always forgetting my list, even when I try to tell myself to remember it and I post it noted to the back of my phone. I somehow lose it. But when it's in my phone, I am never without it. You guys, I have used Plan to Eat for almost six years now. I love this program and I know that you will too. And I'm so sure of it that we have gotten together with Plan to Eat to give you 60 days free. So you can fully try it out. They're not even going to take your credit card number. You can sink your teeth into Plan to Eat and see in real life situations how much it is going to benefit you. You can just go to plantoeat.com slash lovely to be able to access that 60 days free. And then when you fall in love with it, you can get it for $4.95 a month or $39 a year. It can't be beat. You're gonna love it. Go to plantoeat.com slash lovely. And on that note of knowing your own stuff, I know I've kind of already mentioned it in this episode, but I really did have to figure out my own style for the clothes I was wearing, how I wanted to wear my hair, how I wanted to wear my makeup, what I wanted the style of my home to be when I was finally able to get my own place. All of those things were really important and they took time to get there. You know, I registered for a whole bunch of things right after I left. And thankfully, a lot of the things that I registered for that were like decor items, people didn't buy for me. 
<laughs> because I had a ton of people, a lot of you even who are listening, who I'm so grateful to, who gave us a lot of the practical things we needed to be able to move into our own place. I don't know how we would have even done it because I was starting from scratch. I had left that morning that I fled with what we could fit in my car and a little trailer and I never set foot on the property again. I didn't have a fork. I didn't have a cup. I didn't have towels. I mean, all of those things you guys stepped up to the plate and helped us to have. And thankfully, you guys were wise enough to not buy a lot of the decor items that I thought I wanted because they were right in line with what I had just stepped out of. I hadn't had enough time to figure out what I actually wanted a home to look like. And though that first year and a half that we lived with family was super hard, it did give me that time to start figuring out what I wanted our home to look like. And it gave me the time to get on Pinterest and pin things that I was really drawn to and realize that my style was much more simple and sleek and boho chic slash Scandinavian. I mean, it's still evolving. I'm still figuring things out. We've been in our home now for a year and a half and I'm still curating it. I'm still adding pieces and sometimes even taking away things and realizing and remembering who I am and what I really like and what this style embodies. Same with my clothes. I did that same sort of Pinterest process of finding out what I really like, looking on Instagram at people who I like the way they dress and that I felt like was chic. And it's different than the way my friends dress. I don't dress the same way as them, but it is very much more in line with kind of like who I was in high school. Now, I'm not wearing the same clothes I was wearing in high school, but I always had this certain mentality about clothes. And that's kind of what I've come back to again. And that's been a really fun process (laughs) to figure out what it is I actually like to wear and what I feel confident in and what I feel like looks good on my body. Another thing that I had to figure out right when I left was my hair. (laughs) I have always had, I think, this tendency when I'm going through something pretty major in life to make a big change to my hair. And within two weeks of moving out, I took kitchen shears to my hair and I cut off six inches just straight across. And then, I don't know, maybe six months after that, I went and I got a much shorter cut. It still didn't feel like me. And I I grew my hair back out again. And I was still figuring that out. And it wasn't until this past year when I got two really bad haircuts in a row by accident. And it was, I think, two weeks One week after the divorce finalized, that was not intentional. Actually, this time, it actually wasn't intentional. A lot of times in the past, it has been. But I ended up with Roman. I'm sure you've seen the videos on Instagram. You can still go find them in my highlights. We chopped it all the way off and took off just all the layers, everything. And I recently had him cut it with me again in August. And we trimmed it back up again. But it wasn't until I did that this past February that I realized, oh, you know what? I really kind of like this sassy do and it kind of feels like who I am and that's okay. And so sometimes there's just pure trial and error (laughs) to figuring out who you are and what you feel like and what is right in that time for your style and that sort of thing. And it's an evolving process. It takes time and it takes just a lot of seeing what you like and trying things and then what you don't like and trying something else. And it comes. It comes over time, but it does take time. And it's helpful to have people around you who can help to give their opinions and stuff, but it also helps to just look on Instagram and Pinterest. (laughs) I'm telling you what, it really does. Okay, now I do just want to give you a few little tips if you are living with family 
especially if you end up having to share a room with your children, which was what I did, because you are never able to get away from them. You are never able to have that time to kind of decompress in the evening and be on your own. And that's something that is really hard, but you have to come to grips with and you have to just keep telling yourself it won't be forever. You won't be sleeping on the living room floor forever. You won't be making up beds on the living room floor and picking them up every morning forever. It can feel like it in that moment though. But the major thing that I did was invest in some cheap headphones. They weren't even great ones. I didn't have a lot of disposable income at that point, but I got myself some headphones and I dove into Netflix and and Prime and all of those things. And I would just find shows that I could kind of retreat into and be laying in bed next to my kids, but they're going to sleep and I could watch a show and pretend like I was in my own bedroom. I also, after about three or four months, got a Kindle Paperwhite because it has a light built right into it. So it wasn't like I had to have a book light that was going to be glaring in the room. And it's a dim enough light that it wasn't going to bother them while I was reading at night. And I had that to be able to use as kind of a way to retreat. It was really helpful to have just these little things, my own shows, my own things to be able to decompress in the evening, even though I was in the same room with the kids. And that's also why my getting up and getting ready and doing all those things was so important because they were the little ways that I could take care of myself in the midst of not having much margin and not having much space to be able to be alone or do those things. So that's really important to find a way to be able to do something for yourself. Have that piece of chocolate. Find your favorite ice cream. We ate a lot of ice cream (laughs) in the first year that I left. My mom and I every other weekend without fail would head to Cold Stone and get the ice cream that we, you know, our orders that we always got. It was just our way of coping. And you need to have those little things to be able to cope with such a crazy transitional experience. So those really were the main ways. I know it was kind of scattered and all over the board. I'm sure Kiel will do a really good job in the show notes of making everything succinct for you guys to be able to follow. But my recommendations to you are to get counseling, to get good counseling from people who are familiar with what abuse does to a person and what it looks like and are going to validate your experience and help you to work through it. That is the number one key. If you are able to figure in other things for your health and wellness, you really do need to focus on that because it is a very stressful thing to be healing from abuse. And so anything that you can do, I did acupuncture, yoga therapy, took supplements, and started getting into more health and wellness sorts of things like yoga and walks and being careful about eating well and making sure I was getting enough protein and those sorts of things so that I could stay on top of it. That's something I still am working on to this day. Figuring out who I was again was a big step, being willing to reassess every single part of my life and move forward from that place and recapture who I was was really key to my healing. Figuring out my Enneagram number and the numbers of the people around me was seriously helpful in coping with the living experience of living with family and just helping me to remember who I was again. But again, that's something that you kind of have to do a little bit farther on into your healing process. And setting goals for yourself, figuring out where you want to be in a year. It may not come true. None of my goals did, but it helped me to be looking forward. 
to be hoping forward. It's really important that you don't lose sight that there is a future for you. You have to be able to keep wanting a future and looking forward to a future and planning for a future. I mean, I was only gone for maybe a month when I sat down and I made a very specific list of all of the things that I would be looking for in a spouse in order to get married again and what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be and the changes I wanted to make in myself before I were to get married again. And I'm very happy to say that I'm a lot closer to the person that I want to be on that list. I just re-looked at it the other day. I was like, oh, look at me. I've come a long way. It was like a little pat on the back that I really had moved through a lot of those things that I had set out as goals and the person that I wanted to be. Lastly, I'm just going to mention a couple of little things that really didn't work for me. I guess you could even kind of count this as the do this, not that portion of the podcast. The do this portion was the entire first portion of the podcast. This, I'm not going to say don't do that, but these are the things that did not work for me. So finding books and articles and that sort of thing, I tried in the beginning, but ultimately I didn't have a ton of success finding really good resources, and I didn't have the time to be reading them. I was trying to survive, and so I didn't have the ability and the time to really try to find a lot of those resources, and they were really hard to find. Now, I will say there's a caveat to that. Last year, I interviewed Gary Thomas about his book, When to Walk Away, and that is probably my favorite resource, and it is the one that I have recommended to people over the past year because I think that it is biblically founded and has really solid advice, and so I do recommend that book, but otherwise, I wouldn't so much waste your time trying to be validated by articles and books because there's just not that much out there and probably not much out there from the perspective that you want to have. But that book is good. The other thing that really didn't work for me, and I think that's probably just part of my personality and the fact that I really wanted to move forward with my life, was group therapy. Okay, so I went to a support group for, I don't know, a few weeks before I realized, you know what, this isn't really my jam. I don't really want to keep focusing on all of the terrible things that happened. And I don't want to hear about all of the terrible things that happened to you over and over and over again. I wanted to move forward. I didn't want to keep focusing on all of the bad. And for me, and in this specific group that I was in, I felt like it was a lot of ruminating on the past instead of looking forward to the future and what we could do to heal moving forward. It helped me initially to try to kind of get a grasp on what abuse was and what it looked like. But ultimately for me and my personality, it just wasn't helpful. It was much better for me to go in one-on-one with a counselor and work through things. And I'm pretty sure I was the funniest client that my counselor has ever had. And I take great pride in that. So it was really validating my three on the Enneagram (laughs) along with getting some good emotional healing. So I feel like she and I both benefited from that situation. (laughs) But I just really found more healing through the counseling process than I did through the group therapy sort of thing. So those were the things that didn't work for me, but they might work for you. So give them a try. It was really helpful for me in the beginning to try out a lot of different things to figure out what it was going to be for me that was going to be the most effective. So you should do the same thing. But the important thing is 
to do it, to decide to figure out who you are again, to be intentional about it, to do whatever it takes to recapture who you are and heal from that abuse so that you can be the best mom to your kids, so that you can be the woman that you want to be, or the man if you happen to be listening to this and you're a guy. It is so important that you do all of that and you never lose your humor. Now, there will be moments where you can't be humorous. You can't laugh about things. But man, laughter is so healing. And letting yourself go there and letting yourself still enjoy life, even in the midst of the really hard stuff, finding the things that you're grateful for, finding the things that you still like about your life is essential to moving forward and healing in this process. You don't have to be trapped by this forever. You don't have to be marred by this forever. It doesn't have to dictate your life. It doesn't have to be a label that you carry around forever. You can decide that you are going to have a different life and you are going to be the person that you want to be. And that is a pretty amazing and liberating and freeing and empowering, and I hate that word, but it is true, thing to go through. So I'm sorry if my thoughts have been scattered, you guys, but that is just my honest ruminations of kind of the process that I went through after leaving to where I am now three years later in a home that I've decorated the way that I like, wearing clothes that I love and makeup that I love and being the person that I want to be with the job that I want to have. It took a lot to get here, but it will come. If you build it, it will come. So don't give up. Don't give up. And when you can't hold hope, have others around you who can hold that hope for you and you will make it. You will get there. Just keep pushing. Keep pushing. So that's it. That's all I have to say for this week's episode. You can find the show notes if you go to MackenzieCoppa.com and you can click on podcast and get there and Kiel will have everything all pretty and ready for you to find. Or you can just swipe up in whatever app you are listening. Thank you so much for subscribing to the show, for leaving those ratings and reviews and iTunes and for telling your friends. We really are trying to up our numbers so that we can keep bringing you in better and better guests. I've got a lot of feelers out for people I want to have on the show this fall. So the more you get your friends to listen, the more we can get people on the show who are going to be really interesting and be diving into these topics of wellness and beauty and planning and style and life and all of the stuff. I would really, really love it if you would just, you know, tell your friends about it. Let's get these numbers up here. All right, ladies. Until next week, thanks for listening and go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.